Hey, what's up? Welcome to a mandatory post-fight show. What a day it was, a day of reckoning. Before we get into everything, make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. If you've already been rocking with the show, we thank you so much. And uh, remember, if you are listening to this later on on the audio side, make sure to leave us a rate and review. Lots to obviously get into, Brian. But you know what? Let's start off with... Uh, Anthony Joshua's performance, actually, because he beats Otto Wallen by TKO right after the fifth round. Otto Wallen's corner stopped the fight. Anthony Joshua coming into this fight, a lot of people thought Otto Wallen could possibly upset him. He dominated, won every round when I was scoring it. Your thoughts on what we just saw from Anthony Joshua? We're going to get to Deontay Wilder in a second. Just you wait. Um, Anthony Joshua, I mean, this is his best performance since at least the Pulev fight, um, which was in 2020. He won every round. It looked like Otto Wallen didn't have much of a game plan. I don't know if he wasn't ready to fight Anthony Joshua. I don't know what was going on there, but I expected a much better performance from Otto Wallen to be tricky with his jab, not so predictable. There were a couple moments in round two where it looked like he was beginning to establish that. And then Anthony Joshua was just on point. He was great. He was ready. And he held up his end of the bargain. Um, God, I can't wait to talk about like the macro portion of this. But we'll we'll start here. We'll start simple. Um, Anthony Joshua held up his end of the bargain. And he put together a complete performance. It was great. I was surprised that they stopped it when they did. But I get it because if you look at Otto Wallin, he had nothing going for him tonight. Yeah, and by the way, if you have any comments, make sure to leave some comments. We will be getting to all your comments. We also will be breaking down Deontay Wilder's fight as well uh, because he took the L. And then, of course, uh, we saw Dimitri Bevel, um, a very good fight by Daniel Dubois. We're going to get into everything Frank Sanchez, uh, but let's stay with Anthony Joshua for now. That was a very dominant performance by Anthony Joshua. And I'm not going to lie, coming into this fight, I thought Otto Wallen could give him some problems. I'm not quite sure what game plan Otto Wallen had, but at the same time, Anthony Joshua looks like he finally put everything all together. And this was the biggest question I feel like coming into this fight because he had so many different trainers. He had, um, you know, Rob McCracken. Then he went to Robert Garcia. Then he went to Derek James and now Ben Davison. And the whole time while he was going through these trainers, especially after the Rob, when he left Rob McCracken, his long time trainer, the biggest question really was, how was AJ going to get back to being that heavy handed guy? Because then he was trying to be more skilled. He was trying to really work the jab, um, get better defensively. And I feel like he really put everything together in this fight. And we saw flashes of that old Anthony Joshua that we were kind of used to, in a sense. A great performance because Ottawa Lynn is a very, very tough opponent. And I just thought it was a great performance. And it's really nice for AJ to get that because, listen, before he took this big victory where he put on an immaculate performance, there was talk that if he lost, it would be a wrap for him. Like, that was the narrative coming into this Oh, you fight. mean you mean like it might be for Deontay Wilder right now? Well, we're we're going to get into that in just a second. You got to hold up for that. But, I mean, he pretty much quieted all the doubters. No, at he this didn't. Point. No, well, he not all fooling. the doubters, but he... He ain't fooling me. He ain't fooling me. But okay. he did shut up some people, right? Because they it thought... Was a, it was a great performance against Otto Wallin. We'll see what happens in his next fight, which might be against Philip Hergovich. 
um, according to the IBF rankings, yeah. or maybe it's Jale Zhang. I don't know. Are you confident in picking Anthony Joshua if he were to fight Jale Zhang? I next? like Jale Zhang a lot, so I don't I, think I would pick Anthony Joshua for that fight. Jale Zhang, though, getting older, like 40-something years old, isn't he? We just saw what happened to Deontay Wilder. Looks like father time caught up to him. Keep the comments coming, guys. We are going to get to it. Also, hit that like button if you haven't already. Helps the channel grow. You know what? We talked about Anthony Joshua, his great performance. Let's just get into it, Brian. What's next for Anthony Joshua now after a performance like that? Um, not Deontay Wilder. <laughs> um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, I think, you know, I guess it'll be Philip Hergovich. Maybe it'll be the winner of Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk. Um, I don't think it should be, but. I think from a financial standpoint, that makes a lot of sense. From a qualification standpoint, I don't know if he can jump the line ahead of some of the other guys we saw tonight just because they haven't had their turn yet. And he got knocked off that pedestal multiple times, losing to Andy Ruiz, got it back, and then was outboxed by Alexander Usyk twice. He thought he won the second time. He didn't. He still maintained that in like an interview leading up to the fight. He didn't. Um, I think that Anthony Joshua, who put together a great performance today, let's also acknowledge that while we think Otto Valin is good, it's Otto Valin, right? Like, yes, he he did a, a number on Otto Valin that Tyson Fury did not do. I think everything is going to stop in the heavyweight division anyway until Fury Usyk. If Usyk comes away winning that fight, you really can't sell me on Usyk Anthony Joshua 3. Anthony Joshua is going to have to do some work before that. He should actually fight Tyson Fury if that's the case. If Tyson Fury wins that fight, you could probably talk me into Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua uh, happening because it hasn't happened yet. Although I would say that we're likelier to get Fury versus Usyk in a rematch. So it makes this a little bit tricky for Anthony Joshua, right? I think he's going to be active. What makes most sense is probably fighting Philip Hergovich for that mandatory slot for the IBF title and become the number one contender. And then he can, you know, ultimately get that title shot. Yeah, I think Hergovich definitely makes the most sense. But at the same time, I think the fight that I want to see is the one with him and Tyson Fury, regardless of what happens, because that's the bigger fight to make. At this point, Anthony Joshua is 34 years old, and that would be the blockbuster fight to have. Now, if Anthony Joshua wants to stay busy, that's a great route to take to fight Hergovich. That's a great route. But I think the blockbuster fight, the moneymaker fight would be him and Tyson Fury. I do not want to see him and Alexander Usyk again. Mm -hmm. I know, I know what the result is going to be. We've already seen it twice. Mm -hmm. So I think the best fight for him to make would definitely be Tyson Fury. Here's another interesting one, though. Forgot another one. interesting, and I think you're going to say it. It's Andy Ruiz. Yeah, yep, that's the one. <laughs> we saw him on the DAZN broadcast, and it's like, where has Andy Ruiz been? Because there was so much talk about him and Wilder fighting at one point that never happened with PBC. And now Andy Ruiz hasn't fought in a long time. So do we get a third fight with a new fit looking version of Andy Ruiz and Anthony Joshua? Because I think that's a fight that is still a moneymaker. Um, and when we get to Deontay Wilder in just a moment, we'll, we'll bring Andy Ruiz up again. Um, you know, if you're thinking Deontay Wilder shouldn't hang up the gloves. But I do believe that Anthony Joshua has some options. I know some other guys haven't gotten their turn yet, but because Anthony Joshua has been a for former champ before um, and had a performance like this, 
and he brings in a lot of viewership. This is the one thing you can't deny. Anthony Joshua is a pay-per-view guy. He gets a lot of people to tune in. UK fans love him. It's a moneymaker. So I think Anthony Joshua can get any fight that he actually essentially wants after this, um, which is good for him. Uh, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think at one point after his second loss to Usyk, we were kind of wondering if he could ever get back up in that top five. Would you place him in the top five now after this performance? A top five heavyweights. Who? Anthony Joshua. Who else? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, because no, you were also talking about Andy Ruiz. Um, that was a while ago, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, no, I think, yeah, he has to be. But I also think, yeah, the fight that probably makes the most sense for him, at least, is Andy Ruiz. However, the reason why I wouldn't want to see that next is because Andy Ruiz has been inactive. We've already seen what happens when somebody who's inactive fights somebody who is very active in Deontay Wilder and Joseph Parker. So I think that while this would be an interesting fight to make, because that would be my favorite one, but I would, Andy Ruiz needs to fight. He needs to yeah. fight somebody, get a win. I don't even, it could be Robert Hellenius, it could be Otto Valen, it could be any number of dudes that we saw, you know, recently or tonight or whatever the case may be. But he needs right. to fight somebody. Yeah, you know what? Um, I would put Anthony Joshua in the top five. At one point, I was kind of like, I really like Zhang. It's hard He's there. To... I, a lot yeah. of people. A lot of people are going to put him third now. Anthony Joshua. Yeah, a lot of people are going to. I put would him say third that. Now. Well, I'm the not. heavyweight division is a little bit I'm different. Not. not as many big names, but I like Zhang better than Anthony Joshua. I know Same. that might sound crazy, but I just I love the way he fights. Uh, he's proven people wrong, and I think he's kind of one of those guys that could beat anybody. Um, let's get to some comments before we move on to Deontay Wilder. Um, hey, Seuss, thanks for rocking with the show. A friend of the show, of course. He said money grab for you know because it's in Saudi, so everyone well, well, kind of. Well, I, as always, I love uh, your cynicism, Jesus, and I agree because, <laughs> goddamn, the amount of times that I heard His Excellency tonight, yes, this entire event was a money grab. Yes, the yes. sport, the sport, and this event was completely bought by the Saudis. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our good friend IMPK13. Joshua exposed Wallen's lack of athleticism. He kind of broke him down. I, it didn't look like the auto Wallen that I was used to seeing. And so I'm questioning whether Otto Wallen had a very bad game plan or that Anthony Joshua just looked that good. Or that we gave Otto Wallen too much credit for cutting Tyson Fury and then Tyson Fury wasn't able to do the Tyson Fury stuff because he was dealing with a cut over his right eye that required 47 stitches after the fact. So maybe we just gave him, I mean, you know, and he deserves credit for that because he ultimately cut him with a check left hook. It was a beautiful punch right on the button. However, if that cut doesn't happen, Maybe Tyson Fury fights differently and stops him instead of wiping his face every other second, dealing with the cut throughout the entire time of the fight. Like, I think Tyson Fury, um, we should look at it in that way, especially after this fight. Like, Tyson Fury won by decision, but maybe in hindsight, we gave Otto Wallen a little too much credit for that. Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of Vaseline in that cut, too. That's one of the biggest gashes I've seen. Hustle Man, friend of the show, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, AJ looked real good. AJ can beat Wilder. Wilder relies on his power too much. I think going into that, we kind of knew that, though. You know, there were yeah. so many comments. <laughs> there were so many annoying comments that I got that people were like, I knew this was going to happen today. Okay, yeah. Like, right. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you didn't know that one punch by Wilder could have changed everything. And you took Joseph Parker, who was already knocked out by a guy like Joyce. Right? Like, who could box? On. Like, yeah, yeah but, I, but there, there I, I were... wasn't taking anything away from Parker. I was just I, like, 
listen, I thought Wilder still had that power. And I think the inactivity had something to do with it, you know, and he's getting older. Just crazy. What, are you, what were you going to say, Brian? All right. We're going to talk about Deontay Wilder right now. because we Let's can't just wait do anymore. it. Deontay, Deontay Wilder <laughs> lost the unanimous decision to Joseph Parker, um, a performance that many people across the globe did not see coming because Deontay Wilder was wildly bet on in parlays straight up to win by knockout, to win by knockout in between such rounds. And honestly, looking at the fight as it materialized, it wasn't until round nine where I was like, hmm, you might actually lose this fight because we've seen it time and again, whether it be against Gerald Washington, deeper waters against Luis Ortiz. Deontay Wilder is just sort of lean on finding that opening, then exposing it. It didn't work out tonight. He looks slow, tentative, and didn't take the chances he needed to. And the reason why he was able to get all those other guys is because I thought he was just better, younger. And that was really it. Like, he's clearly past his peak. Robert Hellenius, he just happened to catch him in the first round. It's not even just the inactivity with Deontay Wilder. It's also that the last time we saw him, he landed three punches, got a knockout, and went home in the first round. So he hasn't had, like, a serious amount of rounds in a fight since that last Tyson Fury fight which is two plus years ago, over two years ago to this point. So we're talking about more inactivity than we normally would be. Whereas Joseph Parker has had three fights this year. Now his fourth winning this fight, Joseph Parker. I said it before the fight, like he's a good heavyweight. This is a real challenge. I thought to some, to, I thought to some degree, this would be uh, the bigger challenge because I thought Joseph Parker was a better fighter than Otto Wallin. And I was saying that this should be the main event. However, it's not going to be because Eddie Hearn and the zone are promoting it. So I think Josh was going to be the main event. Um, and ultimately, I, I guess they made the right call. I'm not sure. But Deontay Wilder, like, he didn't sound like a killer at the end in the interview. Literally a guy who said, I want a body on my record once a few years ago. I just think that, yeah, he could come back, but I don't see the need to do so. He's been a champion. He's had big fights. He's been through wars. This is all post Tyson Fury. Still think he would beat Anthony Joshua if they have done this fight at any point before now. And I think that retirement at 38, 40-something fights in, 100 whatever rounds it is now, it's still less than 200 because a lot of his fights were just knockouts inside of four rounds early on. I think retirement makes a lot of sense because he's probably going to go into the Hall of Fame anyway. And if you listen to his post-fight interview, you could kind of hear that he was just like happy to be in the ring. Like he That's has nothing to thing. prove. He has That's nothing to prove thing. at this point, right? Like he's done what he's done in his career already. And I think for him, he's kind of like, yo, I've made money. I fought in some big fights. I was a pay-per-view guy. People wanted to see me knock out dudes. What else do I have to prove? It seemed like in his post-fight interview that he could walk away tonight and be all right with it and like you said he is going to go into the hall of fame um and i mean deontay wilder has nothing to prove at this point for me when i was watching him fight the whole entire time i was thinking father time caught up to him because it just didn't look like the deontay wilder that we were used to i mean I, we all know that he's not as skilled as joseph parker like this wasn't a surprise we nobody ever thought that he was going to outbox joseph parker but i did think that he did pick up more skill during those Fury fights, but it just wasn't shown here. He was right. His timing was off. 
it wasn't a good performance. And it was one of those performances when you look at one of your favorite fighters and you're like, it's hard to watch. Like, that's what happened when I saw that uh, trilogy fight with Triple G and Canelo. That was tough for me to watch. And this was a similar feeling watching Deontay Wilder's performance tonight. Yeah, like, where's the explosion? Where I've seen you lose four or five rounds before and it not matter. Why is it mattering all of a sudden? Why are you not taking the chances you normally would? Why are you getting tagged so much? I've had I've had those moments too watching fighters that I really like and respect. Felix Trinidad versus Roy Jones Jr. haunts me to this very day. Uh, as is Felix Trinidad versus Winky Wright. Uh, as is Miguel Cotto versus Austin Trout, Manny Pacquiao. You know what I mean? We can we can continue on. Not Floyd Mayweather as much. I thought he actually was very. very uh, he close fought him the fight. best. I think I think Cotto was like the closest to beating Floyd. Yeah, I thought. To that be honest with you, I thought that like. You, that that could have been seven five easily. We'll break um, down an old fight sometime, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that has but, to be one of them that we do. But yeah, like it was just it was just sad for me to watch Deontay Wilder like that. To be honest with you, and I don't know if that's the last memory I want of him. And here's the thing: hmm. Wilder could come back, make paper, and then be out, and then sail off to the sunset if he. Yeah, wanted to. you know, you know how? Well, he could fight Andy Ruiz. No, he could fight Francis Ngannou. Because Francis Ngannou <laughs> is out here tweeting, like, "Yo, uh, and got, first of all, he 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 said great performance tonight, AJ dot dot, and then he said hashtag Ngannou Joshua, and I'm like, bro, Anthony Joshua's the A side if you guys are fighting. That's one. Two, Anthony Joshua is not going to pull the Tyson Fury. He's going to take you seriously and he's going to beat your ass. Yeah. Deontay Wilder versus Francis Ngannou is legitimately interesting because if if Deontay Wilder is going to fight like that. <laughs> That it's I, like, I might have that's... Francis as a favorite. Like, you know <laughs> you what I'm saying? Know, but... Like, I think that's the ultimate. I don't know what the fuck is gonna happen because it's gonna be puncher's chance versus puncher's chance. But I, I, I would, I would like. I think Deontay Wilder would knock the fucking would knock Francis and Gondo into oblivion. Right? I just, like, I just but... don't want to see those fights at the same time. Like, I know Fury and Francis and Gondo was like it was pretty entertaining, and I was like, well, Francis put on a good performance, but. Honestly, I don't want to see any of those stupid fights. Like, we're going to continue to get them, and I'm my dumbass yeah. is going to watch. I'm yeah. going to be like, oh, I'm going to watch this. But, like, I, I'd rather not. Let's get to um, yeah. some more comments before we get into uh, what's officially next. We'll actually answer what's next for Deontay Wilder. Well, we kind of already did. You said retirement. He could fight Francis Ngannou. I still think he could fight a guy like Andy Ruiz because mm -hmm. it's a moneymaker. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a fight where I think he can make money, fight Andy Ruiz, who hasn't been in the ring for a very, very long time. And that was kind of the fight that was being set up before. It's unfortunate because Deontay Wilder, I've, talk, I've, I've said, is the most exciting heavyweight of my lifetime. Now, keep in mind, people, I arrived when Mike Tyson was no longer really Mike Tyson. Like, he was in Degeneration X and shit. It's different. Uh, well, I was four years old and he was at WrestleMania 14. All right. So I didn't catch like Mike Tyson beating the shit out of everybody up until Buster Douglas uh, whooped his ass. So Deontay Wilder therefore becomes most exciting heavyweight of my lifetime because as Brewski says here in the comments, we were all waiting for the bomb to be detonated. And that's every single Deontay Wilder fight ever up until this one. And even you know this time we were waiting for it. Also. You know what's so funny? It was like the 12th round. I'm like, he still has a chance. <laughs> It's going to happen any minute now. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Like, the whole entire time I'm watching this fight, I'm like, oh, like, this is just classic Deontay Wilder. He's going to land, and he just didn't. And you know what, though? But th that's how it ends. That's how it ends. It's like w when you see – we saw we saw Tom Brady last season, right? Yeah. 
and it just it just didn't look the same. Although I think he's overrated anyway. That's another discussion for another day. But it just didn't look the same. We look at um, other guys when they're at the end of their careers. Like these guys don't retire winning championships and being on top. It's usually like this where they can't really summon what they used to, especially in combat sports. They don't really have it anymore. Unfortunately, we're seeing this with, on an extreme example, Tony Ferguson, who just keeps losing fights in the UFC, for example. We saw it with a lot of different boxers. That's why Floyd Mayweather, at the end of his career, fought Andre Berto and then Conor McGregor. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't trying to take chances like that. And a heavyweight, heavyweight especially, is just a dangerous place to age because anything could happen on any given night. All right, let's get to some comments uh, because there are some good ones. IMPK13, yeah. we got to go to our good friend IMPK13. Remember Do donations guys... and we'll go to you right away and we'll stop what we're doing. Yes, that's true. That's <laughs> true. So make sure to donate to the channel because then we can do more of these guys. Yeah. Um, IMPK13, do you guys think that the jet leg took Wilder's legs? I, no. I. You know what? Like, I, I, it was I, the costume instead? Could you think he wore heavy trunks again? Remember when that was like the excuse? I think he was all right. So someone posted that these uh, these type of trunks, Ryan Garcia wore them when he lost the tank and Jamel Charlo wore them when he lost uh, um, Canelo Alvarez, that the material was similar. And I was like, oh, boy, this you people never gotta stop wearing people got to stop wearing them shits. Yo. OK, I can't pronounce the name on this. So I apologize. I'm not even going to try. Uh, do you not pronounce that? We'll call you CBD because you yeah. gave us the out at the CDB. end there. Yes, uh, Wilder CDB. is CBD. <laughs> I was like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" Uh, uh, Wilder is trash. Always has been. You know, I don't think so because, and I'm getting a lot of these comments on Twitter too. I don't think Wilder was trash. I think he was one of the most exciting boxers that people wanted to watch because he was knocking out dudes. It was so fun to watch. Like some of those Tyson Fury fights that they had was some of the best fights I've seen in my era of watching boxing, right? Deontay Wilder was a showman. And I think people tuned in for him. We knew that he wasn't skilled. Like nobody's saying that he's over there, like Lomachenko, like moving around the ring. Like, you know, like, like nobody ever said that about him. So I don't know what this narrative is. Like just that he's trash. Like he's not like this crazy skilled boxer. Like he is what he is. Right. Um, he's heavy handed. Um, Brewski, by the way, um, I want to add to that. Us. I want to add to that real quick uh, before we get to Brewski's comments, but we could we could leave it up here. But like for 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 Deontay Wilder, I, I always felt like he was over criticized because people will point at his skill when I look at it like, yo, he started boxing very late. He won a bronze medal after like less than two years of boxing, <laughs> which is ridiculous to do even at the heavyweight division. Was somebody who came up, knocked out everybody he fought um, until Bermain Stavern and eventually knocked him out too, uh, up until Tyson Fury. And he almost knocked him out multiple times. And Joseph Parker, like, I feel like he's just one of these dudes where you could point at the ability. I've always said he would be Anthony Joshua, not because of the ability, but because he had this uncanny ability to just find that opening and exploit it, which it didn't look like he could do against Joseph Parker. Um, and Joseph Parker, like hats off. I don't know if we've given him enough credit, but great performance. Oh, we haven't even talked about him. But, oh my god, <laughs> but, <laughs> we have not of... talked about Joseph Parker yet. That's <laughs> that, this is how stunned we are right now that we we have not talked about Joseph Parker yet. We should talk about him a little bit, but but to put a, but to put a bow on the Deontay Wilder thing, like for me, it's not about the skill level. It's just about like he squeezed everything out of his ability for somebody who started boxing very late in life for somebody who came up in the heavyweight division, for somebody who just has this knockout ability despite 
not looking like Jarrell Miller, for example, right? Like he he waited. What was up with his shorts? I think his shorts should have been longer. If you ask me, Deontay Wilder weighed in 213 pounds for this fight, and he like still had a chance. He weighed in about that same uh, amount of weight against Robert Hellenius and about a bunch of other fights where he's gotten a knockout. So I don't think he sucks at all. I just think like he was he is what he is. I don't want to say was because he hasn't retired yet, but for me, it's the explosiveness being able to have that ability to find that one punch because it's one thing to have that one punch a lot of dudes in the heavyweight division have it and have that power but it's it's his ability to find it which i think is special he just may not have it anymore to that to that level yeah and they always say that power is the last thing to go and so i just didn't see any of that tonight like at one point i saw deontay throw like a haymaker in the 10th round i was like i don't think you want to do that you might get knocked out um it was a little bit dangerous but he was definitely going for it uh brewski said happy to finally be able to catch a live thank you brewski uh what a card and plenty of interesting storylines to talk about moving forward and before we do that let's touch on joseph parker really quickly top five Uh, heavyweight no (laughs) (laughs) and this this is this is no no disrespect to him i just he's like maybe six seven like i don't know i would have to like really think about it i have jang ahead of him i have anthony joshua ahead of him i do yes fury and usik and i i like andy ruiz i think andy ruiz could beat joseph parker in a fight i haven't seen andy ruiz in a long time though we should put him well we just saw him on television but i'm just saying like i've been looking for him and jose ramirez for a minute now and until like, I don't know what the holdup is. It must be some contract stuff. Um, but he needs to get back in the ring because I would put him well, in my five. Well, Jang too. Like I would put Jang in that fifth spot. So yeah, Joseph Parker's not in my top five. Well, he said anybody said there was like a shoulder injury or whatever that's been keeping him out. Um, for me, in in I guess some order would be Fury Usyk. I would still have Fury one. Fury Usyk, Jale Zhang. I think Anthony Joshua will be next. And then I'd probably lean Andy Ruiz also. I just, you know, I could I could I could deduct points for inactivity and put Joseph Parker there. Um, I don't know what Luis Ortiz is doing these days, but I feel like he can give uh some of these dudes some problems. And I always felt that way, but he's also on the older side now, so we'll see. And then there were some other heavyweights that fought tonight that I would like to see more of. And oh, by the way, somebody in the comments mentioned early on hustle man right here. Uh, Daniel Dubois versus Jared Anderson. Great step up for Jared. I think Daniel Dubois is somebody who, look, I didn't think he was going to uh, stop Jarrell Miller the way he did. I thought he could have won, and obviously he was the favorite. But I was saying, look, Jarrell Miller has a real chance. And you saw it, especially in rounds four and five. Yeah. And then a couple moments later on, but Daniel Dubois was able to weather the storm, answer the questions about his toughness, and get in there and win. So, yeah, like Joseph Parker is sort of in that I have food delivery. Excuse that. Uh, people but you know we got dinner coming right after this live um i think um joseph parker and uh andy Ruiz and daniel dubois and philip hergovich are all are all sort of in this same class like sniffing at a top five spot but not quite there yeah and i do believe that uh dubois his performance that he put on i think it was a performance that he really needed um as for miller i think it's a wrap for him I'm not going to sit here and lie. Um, yeah, I think done. he, yeah, it's, it's a wrap for him. And I think he put on way too much weight and that was the cause of why he gassed out. And it's unfortunate. Um, but you know what? Dubois looked really, really good. Um, is big baby ready for do du- du- Dubois? What do you think? 
Because I actually think Richard Torres is going to be that dude. Richard Torres, to me, is the next great American heavyweight, to me. I'm big on him, um, but they are pushing Jared Anderson a lot. Um, I don't, I think Jared might need a couple more fights before. Actually, I, you know what? Throw Jared in there. Let's see what he's got against Dubois. Because the biggest question is, do you believe in Dubois after what you saw? Or do we need to see more? I like the idea of Daniel Dubois fighting uh, Jared Anderson next. I think I think I'd rather see Jared Anderson fight F.A. Jagba since they're both under that top rank umbrella. I feel like that's an easy fight for ESPN to make and put somewhere, whether it be the Verona venue, uh, whether it be somewhere in Vegas. You know what I mean? Like Mandalay Bay or whatever the case may be or somewhere else. I don't know. Vegas got like a whole bunch of fucking new venues that they just keep putting fights in. But they can they can figure out where to do that. I think that's a fight that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think Daniel Dubois actually would be an interesting challenge for Joseph Parker. I think those two guys could fight each other, and that make a ton of sense. If 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 Jelay Zhang was going to defend against Daniel Dubois next, I think that's a fight that makes a lot of sense. Like some these dudes got to fight each other. Like is this it is bad? What it comes down to is it bad that classes. I just wouldn't care to watch Dubois and Parker? Like, is it bad that I would be like, I don't know if I'm going to stay home on Saturday to catch that one? Like, I'm not trying to be a hater here, but that doesn't like even like, and you know, I watch nerd fights. Well, um, I am PK to your point uh, kind of agrees. I'm not convinced that Dubois has turned a corner. Let's not forget. Uh, Anderson might have to do a bit. Mm. Oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. I Let's get to our, our good friend Jay here. Thank you for joining us. I love Richard Torres Jr. Me too. He fights like Mike Tyson. I love the way he moves around the ring. And I like the star power that Richard Torres has. He actually was on our show not too long ago. So if you haven't checked out that interview, go check it out. It's in our interview section on our YouTube page. Um, you know, there were some more fights that I definitely want to get into because the card was dope. Uh, let's get back to Hustle Man. I just want to say, show. I just want to say, I think it's too early for Torres also, just because like where he is in terms of development. I do think because of his Olympic pedigree and because of what we've seen from him as a pro being eight and over eight knockouts that he'll get here pretty quickly, but I, I he's not going to fight like any of the dudes we're talking about. No, I no. I, I, I just think because they're labeling Jared Anderson, big baby as the next great American heavyweight, right? That's what they're putting him on. That's what they're promoting him as. But I believe that it's Richard Torres Jr. That that was my only statement. I don't think I think Richard Torres has like maybe two years, maybe two I agree, years. Though. Yeah, I agree. I um, Jared so, Anderson gets hit too much. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I think I'm rooting for Jared because I I like his charisma and I think I I don't know I like watching him fight, but I just think Richard Torres is that dude, and I agree. Like he fights like a Mike Tyson man, um, and he's fun to watch. Let's get to Hustle Man because uh Brian and I were having a conversation about this um while we were talking watching the fight. Was Bevel's performance as expected? How does Better Bev and Bevel play out in 2034? <laughs> Hustle man, I think you meant 2024, but I will say this. If you meant 2034, let me know because I would agree since we know we all follow the sport. And we just saw Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua fight blow up in our face after several years of, uh, you know, maybe it's going to happen, maybe it's not. So if we didn't get Bevo and Better Bev until 2034, which Better Bev will be close to 50 years old, it wouldn't actually surprise me given the sport. But hopefully we get that fight next year. And if it does play out, I think Dimitri Bevo wins that fight. I'm just going to lean on the dude who has better all-around boxing ability. 
My only question is, could he hurt Artur Beterbiev? But I could see that, like, if it's going to be one-sided in any way, it doesn't have to be because it should be a close fight. But if it's going to be one-sided in any way, the pathway is Devin, is basically Dimitri Bivol doing what Devin Haney did to reach his pro grade and picking apart the puncher and outboxing him in that way. Not well, sure you know that's going to happen. Is, but, Not but sure that's going to happen, though, yeah. because Beterbiev is, is he's technically... He's technically underrated, I would think. But not even that. Like, Regis doesn't have, like, one-punch power that's going to knock you out, right? He's going to break you down periodically throughout the fight with his power. I, I believe, like, he does have power, but Better BF has, like, devastating power. Like, tuck you in for a nap type of power. Like, Better BF, like, literally, like, puts people to sleep, right? So he just needs one to get landed on Bevel, and I think that could do it. But I think... I would give the slight edge to Bevel, but I think that's a really interesting fight because what we've seen from Better Bev is he'll like start really slow, he'll lose rounds, and then all of a sudden like he snaps and just like knocks out dudes. Um, so that's a really really interesting fight, and he does have like ridiculous power. I would give a slight edge to Bevel just because he is more skilled, and I'm going to pick the skill over the power. But I don't know how long Bevel can sustain power from Better Bev. Like you could hear the punching. You can hear it. It's nasty. So that that's the only thing where I'm like, I might, I would definitely place money on better BF. That's all I'm saying. I would love to see those lines. Um, let's get back over here to Brewski. Um, Cause we are going to be talking about this as a fellow West coaster. I don't know how to be excited about Inouye Tapales. Love that Inouye is an action. 3 AM is about to be rough. Well, Brewski, you can join me because I'll be on the West coast <laughs> as well. And I'll be up at 3 a.m. And then we're going to be doing a post-fight show at like 5, 6 a.m. our time. Um, so I'll be up with you for that. And uh, we do have a preview for that as well if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we're, we're going live for now in a way. Who's actually the best fighter competing this week and this weekend uh, compared to everybody else? It just is pound for pound. Like in terms of results that I trust, because I didn't nail my Deontay Wilder bet. I didn't nail my Anthony Joshua bet. You know what's crazy? I feel better about Naya in a way uh, handling business because that dude doesn't fuck around. <laughs> you know what's crazy is that we had conversations. Pretty much Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder did a flip. Like, we, I was like, yo, Anthony Joshua might lose. And uh, Deontay Wilder's about to get this knockout or stoppage. Boom, the other way around. So I was definitely wrong tonight. But sometimes we're wrong in this sport. B betting is hard, first of all. Second of all, betting on boxing is hard because... When you have, in Dimitri Bivol's case, which is a bet that I got, he's a minus 2,500 favorite, but it's plus 120 to win by decision, plus 110 to win by knockout, or I may have that flip or whatever. Like, it's hard to pick the right outcome, and he nearly got the knockout a couple different times in that fight, but luckily got him by decision. Um, but now, you're in a way, I think, uh, I think he's going to handle business. He, he's not fuck around. I have not seen him look weak in his career at any point, except for this, you know, the first no needle Donaire fight where that went to the cards. I was like, huh? And then we learned it was, Donaire, an it, 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 it was injury. It was injury related, and also yes, no needle Donaire. And then we saw what happened the second time, and it was like, oh, okay. He's older now. He's older now, though. I don't know. I have a lot of respect for a guy like Donaire. So future um, Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, like how can you not? So even though in a way had a tough time with him. Right. Um, he still got it done. So that's all that really matters. Deontay Wilder's future Hall of Famer? Yes. First ballot? I would believe so. I think he is too. I would believe so. Especially because we have to think of eras. Right. And I, and Deontay Wilder, especially for like my era, he was that heavyweight. 
Like you're stopping to watch a Deontay Wilder fight. He was that dude for many years. So um, for me, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, what was the best fight that you saw on this card? Or what did, what excited you about this card? Daniel Dubois and Jarrell Miller, I thought was going to be the best fight on this card. I said it on the show beforehand, and that proved to be the case. That was the most exciting fight uh, on the card. It was uh, the the first fight that looked like it was going to go to decision, and it did not because Daniel Dubois got the stoppage with 10 seconds left. Um, <laughs> I was happy about that. You were like, they shouldn't have stopped the fight. Um, I was like, but, it's 10 seconds. But, but I, he was I, getting I beat, no, yo. Really. He was getting beat. Ma- so. I'm glad I didn't bet. I, well, no, I, I sprinkled like literally $2 on Jarrell Miller uh, live uh, because it looked like he was headed towards getting the stoppage and didn't happen. But I did get Bivol and I also got the Frank Sanchez knockout because I ended up betting on yes. that. Uh, Frank so Sanchez that, was, was... That was my favorite performance of the night, actually, against Excellent performance. Unfortunately, it was the first fight, so I don't know how many people saw it, but Frank Sanchez... I'm ready for him to take a step yes. up in competition and fight some of these other dudes that we're talking about. Frank Sanchez should be in this mix. He beat F.A. Azagba already. He got a nice win against Carlos Negron last year, and has just fought like meh competition ever since. Up until now, Junior Fa, that's a real fight. But now, let's come on. Frank Sanchez should be fighting the Jared Andersons and the Anthony Joshuas and Hergovich. Andy Varese. I can see him against Hergovich. I think Daniel that's a good Dubois. fight. By the yep. way, I think Frank Sanchez could be the favorite against Daniel Dubois if they fought. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I picked Frank Sanchez over all those dudes. I'm picking him over Hergovich. I'm over picking... Anthony Joshua too? Um, not yet. But I think <laughs> I, I think he could give him problems. Fra- Frank Sanchez, like I believe in Frank Sanchez. And I think it would be great for like Cuban boxing fans as well. Like it would be dope. So um, really want to see Frank Sanchez succeed. Um, any final thoughts, Brian, before we get up and out of here? Yeah, um, just, you know, uh, unfortunately, Deontay Wilder didn't win, so we're not going to see Wilder versus AJ. And if we do, it's going to come at a time where I'm not sure how many people are going to actually care, though I think they'll watch it. Um, I think that's that's just a bummer, but it's a lesson against the boxing fans. Again, you can't let fights over-marinate. I'm saying this like boxing fans have the fucking power over this. Promoters, networks, and all you motherfuckers and boxers themselves. Yeah, y'all can't let fights over-marinate. It's like, Christmas, this... man. It's holiday season, man. Yeah, but it's, it's, anno- it, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's annoying because it's like, yo, dog, like, it's, stop letting fights over-marinate. Like, even this happened with Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao. This is a little bit of a different case because, like, that was still sort of the fight of the century when it happened, but we forget... By the time it happened, Manny Pacquiao had already been knocked out by Juan Manuel Marquez. I think he lost to Timothy Bradley in between that as well and had to avenge that and all these different things. And it's like, you know, just make the fight when we're supposed to make the fight. Luckily, we got Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence when they were still undefeated. Although Errol Spence fans will come back and say, hey, if that fight happened earlier, when Errol Spence could make the weight easier, maybe it's a different result. Stop I don't buy it. that shit because Terrence Stop Crawford's it. that good. But look, you hear everything in the sports. So yeah. And also Spence Eddie Hearn. is younger than Bud too. Stop it. Right. And also Eddie Hearn, who's saying he doesn't rate Deontay Wilder, but then again, built this entire card around the idea, the mere idea that Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder could potentially fight each other. Uh, is bragging about how he was right about Deontay Wilder and how he didn't have a clue. And I would just say that if you thought that was the case, why didn't you have Anthony Joshua fight Deontay Wilder in 2017 or 2018 when you had the chance and perhaps even before or after that? 
Yeah, well, it was a fight that we just didn't get that we really wanted. Brewski, thanks for finally catching us on a live. We do appreciate you. Hustle Man, uh, to answer your question, yes, we will be doing uh, a live post-fight show after In Away Into Palace. You'll be able to catch us early. I believe you're on the West Coast, too, like myself. So uh, we'll be up hella early, and um, we'll be rocking with you, though. It'll be right after Christmas. So um, we got you covered here on the Mandatory. Make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Follow us at the Mandatory TKO. And uh, Brian, any final thoughts before you go and have your dinner? No, I'm going to eat some empanadas. Okay. Well, have a good night, y'all. We'll catch you pretty soon. Coming up right after uh, In Away, Marlon Tapales will be going live. Uh, so make sure to join us. It'll be an early morning, but we'll be rocking with you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we hope you have a very Merry Christmas. If you do celebrate, if you don't, then I hope you just have a great holiday season. Yeah.